Welcome to the Fish and Coach Show. My name is Brandon Fisher. This is Coach Ratner. Today, we're going to explore the idea that you got to let go to grow. Let it go. Let it go. There you go. <laughs> so there's an idea that I heard that, you know, some people like to hold things in. They don't realize they're holding things in. So the idea is if you, if you take a cup of water, let's say this, and you hold it out, and you hold it for five or ten seconds, nothing's going to happen, right? Sure. But what happens after a minute? You're, it might start to go down a little. What happens after an hour? You're probably not going to have it up there. Your anymore. arm's going to hurt. And the water's probably going to be spilled. Right. Well, it's going to happen after a whole day. You're in, if you're holding it up, you're in pain. Oh, yeah. It's painful to hold things in. That's the idea. You don't want to hold anything in. You want to let it go. Interesting. Yeah. You, how much can you hold it up for? How much? You can't hold things. You hold things in your body. You hold resentment. You hold anger. You hold jealousy. You hold that you hate somebody. Whatever it is, when you hold things in, you're not living the life that you could be living. You're not living a life of passion and purpose and meaning because you're right. holding something in. And, and most of us end up accumulating and holding in a lot of stuff. We do. We don't even know. And That's what psychiatrists are for. Yeah, right. right. They hit the, you know, there's, a, there's two, there's a way that, you know, psychiatrists, one way that they try to heal their patients is they go back and try to find the cause of something, usually back when they were little or their parents or something right. that caused them this pain that, uh, it's amazing how many things that happen to you when you're young can affect you 20 and 30 and 40 years later. You know, here's how it works. After you've been holding that up for a whole day, it's going to be hard to even undo those muscles. They're going to be kind of st- stuck holding on. I know, yes. Even though you're in pain and letting just putting it down would be the answer. Yeah. This is the same thing as we have we held on to these things since we were children. Right. And we're just like reflexes don't can't let go. We have muscles to, are shaped. Right. We have, to be, we have to be willing to pivot. We have to be willing to get, let go of things. There's an idea called cognitive dissonance. It's kind of a fancy word, I know. More fancy than what I ever use. And the idea that it's the mental discomfort, it's the mental discomfort, excuse me, it's the mental discomfort that we feel when we're holding on to two conflicting beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and 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 values or attitudes or anything. And many times we try to explain these things away, and we can't. We live with this contradiction in our life. It might even be my next book called False Dichotomies because sometimes we live a contradiction. We don't realize that it's causing us pain. It might mm-hmm. not cause physical pain, but it's causing us to not really achieve what we can in our life. Because it leads to confusion. It leads we, to everything. And we don't realize it, but it's, there's conflicting beliefs. And you know, right. I'm going to mention one, which I don't want to get into politics and things like that, but it, it does bother me that there, there are a lot of people who are saying like now, right now with corona who are saying, like, you know, you need to get the vaccine not for yourself, but for other people, because you have to protect other people, which I understand right. it makes sense. But many of these same people are also the same ones that are saying, you know what? I want you know women's rights. We have a right to an abortion, which is fine if they believe that. But you now have two conflicting beliefs. On one hand, you want to protect other people around you. On the other hand, no one, who's protecting the child? Who's protecting the unborn child? Right. Right. You're, you're now in conflict with yourself and might not realize it. Yeah, that's that's right. It's pretty heavy, isn't it? That's true. Yeah. And are we willing to question this? Are we willing to question the things that we're afraid to let go of? Are you willing to question the things that you are too afraid to let go of? Right. You have to question that, yourself. Here's an example. Uh, when I went skydiving, have you been skydiving, coach? No, I'm well, not going skydiving. No, okay. Sorry, not, not not a chance in the world. I did go hang gliding, which I'll tell you oh, another story. Okay. I'm never doing it again. Yeah. I got completely nauseous over it. I went with my wife. We went to North Carolina. Sure. I mean, let's, I'll tell you the story. Okay, we're off topic a little bit, but it was great. We went to this place where you, you, um, 
there's a hang glider and a, and a man who's on it, and you're underneath them, strapped into this guy. Right. And they have a, a, a plane that pulls you with a rope, the, the hang glider, and the plane, and you're, there's a rope and the hang glide, and you go up about a mile, mile and a half in the sky. Wow. And he, the plane lets you go, and now you hang glide down. Now, you're just, as a, I was not hang gliding, I was just riding it. I did it with two of my kids, did it, and I, I was so nauseous. Oh my gosh. Well, but my kids loved it. My wife yeah, loved it. Sounds yeah, sounds great. Yeah. I'm not doing it again. No. So. Anyway, so, so I got topic skydiving. It's interesting. I mean, yeah. this, it's around the same thing. It's you're on the plane, and it's the scariest. I mean, it could be the scariest. For me, it was the scariest uh, 20 minute flight ever. Because you're flying 20 minutes, and you know that you're not coming down with the plane. Oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> I'm so, not doing this. <laughs> I'm tied, uh-uh. on uh-uh. This, I'm tied on to this guy behind me who's got all the control. But for some reason, I'm like, if I mess up, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm not, none of it is in my control. Thank goodness. <laughs> so when you get out of the airplane, they make sure your hands are not able to grab anything. You know? Because if you're going to grab onto the plane... Oh, you could hurt yourself. You will... You die, uh, right. Yeah, you hurt right. the guy. You hurt yourself. Right. That's the only way you can mess up. Right. You have to be completely independent, not connected to the plane when you fall. And you don't want to be because it's like it's our natural reaction to grab on. But you're scared me just telling me about this. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, but then, then we do a, you do like a flip. Always ask your your guy. Yeah. You're not going to do it, but always ask your guy to do a flip out of the plane. That's what I was told before I went. So we do the flip, and I remember looking up and then just seeing the airplane fly away. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's it's so cool. That is pretty awesome, though. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. to admit that is really awesome. And if I wasn't so scared, I consider doing right. it. The point, the point I'm trying to get to, though, is is you got to let go to grow. You do. In order to have that life-changing experience of complete freedom, the freest you'll ever feel, completely detached from everything, except for the guy behind you, thank God, <laughs> is you got to let go. You know, one way to let go of things that are holding you back in order for you to grow is to question why you do things. Uh-huh. I always ask, I, you know, I teach a lot of students, I always ask them, Many of them are going to be going to college. And I say, why do you want to go to college? Some of them know I want to become an engineer. I'm going to become a brain surgeon, whatever. You need to go to college for that. Sure. But some of them have no idea why they're going. And, you know, to, in today's age, I'm not sure college is the right move anymore. That's an interesting point. We grew up – I grew up in an age where my parents wanted me to go to college. They didn't know – they had no interest. They didn't say, go to college and become a lawyer. They didn't everyone say else that. is doing it. Huh? But everyone else Whatever is doing it. It became ingrained in our society that you have to go to college in order to become successful in a career. But today, in today's age, I you can just go on the internet and learn. I mean, I know people learning coding or doing fantastic, yeah. or you can go and start a business online, or you can you can learn everything online. Everything nowadays, it's funny, we used to have Encyclopedia Britannica. Growing up, you remember, I don't. Sure. I, don't I, I don't know if you have to remember I, I, that. But we made we, Wikipedia already. Right, we, I didn't have that, and we had. To, I had to go to library. Can you imagine going to no. library? I had to go to library all the time to to. to uh, no, I had an encyclopedia at home, which oh. was we were actually wow. one of the few lucky families that actually had a set of encyclopedias. Oh. But everything was in there. It was really cool. Everything was in there, and it was on a on a shelf near our floors. So we'd sit in the hallway. You know, if I had a if I had a brighter paper, and then I go to the library to get other books and things like that. And but you and but now you everything's online. So if you ask, why am I going to college? Maybe it's not the right decision. Maybe I don't need to go spend the money that – do you know how much my first year of college was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1983, I saw the bill. It was actually typed out. It wasn't even computer printed. Wow. It was $2,850, $2,850 for room and board for a year. What? 
for a year. I wow. think by my fourth year, it was already up to $5,000. But oh, the first year was twenty eight fifty. did not include books. They were extra. Wow. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 1980, maybe it was 1984. Yeah, 1984. Wow. So, uh, it's gone up a little bit since then. So, yeah. Wow. You know, we, ha- we were very blessed to have a pool growing up. And my, my mom would bring us lunch and say, you have to wait you know, an hour after you eat lunch before you swim. Sure. And I was young enough to realize why. And my mom never really had a good answer. And she would say, oh, because it causes cramps. I'm like, and people drown, whatever. And I always thought to myself, how can me eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich cause me to drown in a pool? <laughs> it made no sense to me. And I always questioned. And finally, the truth came out a number of years ago that it's completely false. Really? Yeah. There was a, it started with some country club back in the 1930s they, where they had a sign that you can't swim after you eat for some reason. And there's no scientific proof that shows that eating and swimming is going to cause you to die. Really? That's None. so interesting. None. And I always asked, and it bothered me. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. I always figured it was because you could get a cramp or a stomachache. Oh, so you get a cramp, you go out of the pool. Fine, you're right. And I don't think that's the case, that it actually does cause a cramp. Wow. Anyway. So, you know, you always have to ask the wives. And, and people today, you know, I, I, saw, I saw a video, and it showed, uh, I think it was on F- Facebook or something, and it was a woman who was complaining, not complaining, but she, uh, she was reading an article about how women in some foreign countries, like Europe, European countries, the women don't shave their underarms. Do you realize that? Oh, interesting. They don't, I don't think they shave their legs either. Really? And she thought, she was an American woman, she said, oh, that's really gross, I'll never do that. And I thought to myself, really? Hmm. Really? You're going to tell me that like, if some, for some reason societal views changed and suddenly all the movie stars and all the celebrities, all, all the TV hosts started going around showing off hairy underarms. It became like sexy to have hairy underarms. You wouldn't start doing it? I don't know. I mean, at one time it used to be that if you were tan, you're considered at the lowest totem pole of societal of the societies. Do you know why? Yeah. No, why? Because people who were tan were poor. Uh, that makes sense. Do you know why? Because they were working outside. They were working outside. <laughs> If you had a tan or a tan line, you were considered poor, the lowest of the society. Now, if you're tan, you're rich. Not really rich, but I'm saying like now it's like the cool thing to be tan. Sure. And, it, and it really shouldn't be because it's really not good for our skin. It's probably pretty bad. Very bad for our skin. So you always have to question the why of everything. Where is this coming from? When you, when you question the why, you'll be more likely to let things go. Interesting. Yeah. Knowing the reason why you're doing things in the first place right. and letting go of the things that are holding you back. Let go of your fears. Let go. You right. know, there's a, there's, a, there's a story about a lobster that uh, was, was given over by Rabbi Tversky from Pittsburgh. And he says that a lobster, you know, a lobster has a shell and its shell doesn't grow, uh-huh. but its body grows. And what happens when its body grows? It starts to feel uncomfortable and starts to feel tight. So what it does, it has to molt. It loses its shell. So what the lobster does, it goes behind a rock because it feels vulnerable. Interesting. And then it grows a new shell, and it goes back out into the wild. Wow. Lobsters are pretty judgmental species. <laughs> I know. So what happens? Hide. What happens when we feel insecure? What happens when we feel pain, mental pain? We're not comfortable with ourselves. What do we do? We, we go to the doctor. We, go to, we hide. We go to the doctor. We take a person, and we, we, masks our, uh, we, we mask what's hurting us. We're not willing to become vulnerable. That's the key to life. That's the key to letting things go is you have to become vulnerable. It's hard to say I'm sorry. It's hard to say I love you. It's hard to cry and get out what's really 
bothering you. And this is why sometimes when, when, when people sit down at a psychologist's office and they start talking and they come in fine smiling, in three seconds they're crying. Yeah. Why? Because there's so much inside of you. We have anger. We have resentment. We have fear. We have jealousy. We have anxieties. And oh, we, in order for us to let them go, we have to be willing to shed our shell. That's a lot to carry around. And we don't even realize that we're doing it. That's why when you're depressed, you feel heavy. Yes. Right? Because you're carrying around just so much weight. Well, not only do you feel heavy, you are heavy because if you're depressed, you're probably compensating for your, the fact that you're miserable by you think you're making yourself feel good, that food's compensating for making right. you happy. and then also it becomes physical, too. Then it becomes physical, right. It's mental and it becomes physical. It's both. So the point is you got to let go of that. So right. Like if somehow, see, as a psychiatrist, like we said earlier, but yeah. understand that that's what's holding you back and face those things that you're too afraid to let go of. There's a number of ways that we, we hide our fears. There's a number of ways. One is, is, is by venting. Sure. You know, there are people who, I know there are people who have anger, and they yell at people in order to mask what's holding them, that, that they're issues. Or they vent by, I hear about people maybe that like talk a lot. You, you ever wonder that? Like they just don't stop talking. It's usually because they're compensating for something else. Yeah. It's venting. There's, there's numbing, which is, you know, people who are taking drugs or, or mm, alcoholics. Right. They're, they're usually, it's not like someone's on drugs for six months saying life is great. That usually doesn't happen because right. they're numbing themselves. Unless they're running. Unless they're running. <laughs> right. A good one. You have to watch our running video called the, what's it called? Um, it's called the healthiest way to get high. The healthiest way to get high. It's all about running. Yeah. Uh, and exercise too. And there's numbing, there's venting, and there's, uh, there's one more way. And, and, and the, the, the other way is just like numbing and that basically that we oh, suppress. We suppress our feelings. We hold things in. We don't, we don't let our feelings out. We're afraid mm-hmm. to say things to people. Sure. And suppressing also, we're, it's like the cup of water. We're holding, we're holding it in. It's causing this pain. And the greatest thing you can do is to transform your emotions from a place from from uh, from a place that hurts to a place that you f- you start to feel good. Emotional mm-hmm. serenity. That's what we want to do. We don't want to vent. We don't want to suppress. We don't want to numb. We want to transform ourselves. Wow. And in order to do that, we have to become vulnerable. We have to shed our shells. That's what it comes down to. Let go of those things that are holding us back. Right. And move forward freely. Into facing let who it go. you could be. Let, let it, it go. go. Thank you for watching the Fish and Coach Show. My name is Brandon. This is Coach Ratner. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching the Fish and Coach Show. If you like what you just watched, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment with any ideas you'd like to see on any future episodes. We'll see you next time.